there I is mean, a, we're in the middle of a crisis. I know. First of all, there's not, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. There's nothing wrong with him doing the ceremonial parts of the job. It's not like he's sitting at his desk every day for every moment. He's giving orders, telling people what to do and everything else. I don't have a problem with it. Just the same way I didn't have a problem with him going out to nightclubs at night so long as the job was getting done during the day. Now, I would point out that he does seem like he's dialed that down a little bit. No, he is not. He is not? (laughs) Every night. (laughs) The club zero bond. I got the little rats. They ride him out the moment he walks in. I haven't been reading too many items about that recently. Well, it's such a, because he's so normal for him to go there. It's not news anymore? Start about 12 midnight to 2.30 in the morning. And remember, it's a private club, so whatever happens in the club zero bond stays in the club zero bond. It's a great way to go and meet the mayor and discuss business. You don't have to fill out a log like you would at City Hall or another government building where you would have to. I I, I understand. I I understand. But I don't have a problem with him doing ceremonial things. There is a part of the job that's ceremonial. Understood. But it's all this symbolism and ceremony. As his very dear friend Norman Siegel, formerly of the New York Civil Liberties Union, said, he just uh, him and his wife, who was a judge recovering from covid and you know, as much as I might disagree with him on some issues, he's a warrior. He's always out there. He said, Eric, we never see you behind a desk at City Hall. We never see you talking to your commissioners, your staff, you know, going over very intricate details about the problems. Because with Norman Siegel, it's the homeless issue. And he and I, we've had discussions. In fact, on my way in here today, I'm going to post this uh, video. If not later today, tomorrow, it's going to break your heart. African-American guy, Art, uh, went to Thomas Jefferson High School right on Pennsylvania Avenue, East New York. Well-spoken. He's out there every day. The poor guy had to defecate in the streets. There's nothing more humiliating, Anthony Weiner. This man has not lost his mental faculties. He was crying that he had to do this. Nobody would allow him to use the bathroom. Mm. And... uh, Boy, if there's one thing, like in the lockdown and pandemic, the idiots in government closed all the public laboratories, all the public bathrooms. And then remember that he was screaming, well, they're defecating and urinating on the right. trains and on the platforms and, and in the streets. Well, where the hell were these people supposed to eliminate? Whether you're a billionaire, you don't have any money. Everybody has to eliminate. A hundred percent. We are. We're getting ready for the U.N. General Assembly, which is going on not far from our studio. So right outside our window... There are a lot of cops that are on fixed post the whole time. So they moved in. The first thing they did is move two porta potties to the point. Right. That's the first thing to do because that's the humane thing to do. And there are people who live on the street. And also, the, it's funny. When there are visitors that, that I talk to from, from Europe, the first thing they always mention to me is like, where does anyone go to exactly. in our city? Like, where, where, because it's very common in cities much smaller than oh, New York. Third world cities. To, 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 to be, that they have figured it out. But you're right. That is one of those things. And there are even there are apps on online that people have compiled lists of businesses that are kind enough to let people go in, but there is but they won't let a homeless person. It, absolutely not. It absolutely not. And and to see this man, a broken man, wallowing in his own defecation, yeah. you say this, and then we're taking people we don't even know and putting them in a three star hotel, and you scratch your head. And he was even referring to this. He goes, "They won't even take me in a shelter," and now. I see people going into a hotel. To these folks who expected better of Eric Adams, they didn't expect the best. They don't yeah. trust politicians, but they expected better than de Blasio. It really breaks their heart, particularly if they're African-Americans, of which the majority of homeless and those who are destitute, a lot of them veterans. I mentioned this last week. You go up to 125th in Lexington. It's 
oh, at night it's a lot of drugs, a lot of violence. But men have to shape up there and get the final bus towards Island. If they don't make it by 10 o'clock at night into that rundown shelter, they lose their bed. They lose it. Yeah. The uh, migrants, they don't have a curfew. And you, you scratch your head and say, you mean to tell me men and women who are Americans, some of them veterans, who uh, are forced to stay in a New York City shelter have to abide by a curfew, which I totally understand. Because if not... Uh, yeah, people th- come and going at all right. hours. It's uh, it's. Yeah. But you invite the migrants into a hotel or a shelter and you waive the curfew? How does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, under the Callahan decree, curfews were permitted. You know, there's a long list of rules yep. that are in there. And curf- curfews are things that are that are permitted. I mean, look, I think they're trying to strike a balance, but I, I, the things that are most damning for the Adams administration now are, are that the, that even the things they're supposed to be doing, like, for example, they keep talking about how they want a right to work for these. Well, you still, even if you are waiting six, six months, which are, is it six, 180 days? Yep. You still have to apply. We've had a hundred thousand come through our doors. Eight hundred so far have been two percent. Have been signed up. Two percent. Yeah. So it's like it. it yeah. It, it, even the the blocking and tackling of governance that you rely on the city to do, so they have some justification to then go ask for more money. They're not doing it. They're not doing the job of governance very well. And that's not the first time that these complaints have been made about the Adams administration. Hochul has complained about it. The federal government right. now. After a while, when it's the same complaint always, you didn't get your paperwork in in time. You didn't get your request in in time. You didn't provide the adequate information. You got to say this mayor is not an administrator. He's got to assign somebody to this task. I don't think he has that at City Hall or anyone who's comfortable enough to pull the trigger when he's not around. I think you have to have that. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, look, there is this. You know, when I, I did a lot of reading about past mayors and the problems that they had with corruption and also what worked with the commissioners that they named when I was running for mayor. And one of the things that I would grudgingly say about Bloomberg, who I was getting ready to run against, is that he managed to get people to come into government because they're playing the long con. They want to be buddies with a billionaire right. and they know that I, I'll take this 130000 a year job because I probably have something nice waiting later on. I don't the the type that you would want to be attracted to the Adams administration. Are they attracted when their boss says we have a hopeless situation here? We can't do no. it. Are they attracted when their boss is known for kind of kind of going out on his own and making his own kind of statements? No. Are, are they, they attracted to someone that has a group of five or six people at City Hall that he trusts and no one else that he seems to? It doesn't seem like that kind of administration. Now, I could be wrong. Um, and I had looked a lot when, be, be, before you and I started going on the radio. I was thinking about joining, like asking him, can I come at the ministry because I wanted to serve again? Not anything fancy, nothing high profile. Just put me somewhere that you just need someone to do something difficult, like NYCHA or Department of Corrections, someplace I can go and just say, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone. And increasingly people would come to me and say, listen, I'm not sure this is the place for you. I'm not sure that they're going to let someone go in here and just try to solve problems. They, they, they don't uh, handle criticism well. Uh, even though it's internal, you have to have it. You cannot uh, improve the, your government if the person in charge does not want to be criticized. Well, but there's something else. It's 300,000 employees. 
you're not going to be able to do – I know the idea of being a hands-on manager. No, you can't manage an organization like that. You have to have people that you empower and say, look, you're going to have to break some eggs to make this omelet. You're going to have to make some mistakes. You're going to have some embarrassing stories in the New York Post. Go do it so long as we're getting the work done. 